Good morning, everyone, and welcome. My name is Kevin. For those of you who don't know me, I'm one of the elders here at Grace Church, and it's my privilege to bring to you our next message series, which is giving thanks. And I know just from today and hearing the messages and the music and everything, I'm very thankful just to be here, to be alive, to be forgiven of our sins that we have been forgiven for. And Lord, I ask that just as people, as you guys are here, that if there's anyone here that doesn't know Jesus as their Savior, I ask that maybe today you might choose to serve him, to follow him, to give your life to him. So the title of my message is called, The Holy Spirit Leads Us to Give Thanks. The Holy Spirit is probably the least understood of the Godhead, the Trinity, which we know that, most of us know that, and he is fully God. Most of us don't really take that into account when we think about the Holy Spirit. He is truly God. He's all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-present. He's in each believer. I don't even understand how that happens, that he can be in each believer, but I know that one day God will reveal that to us, how that can happen, so that my hope is today, after this message, that we will understand more about who, who the Holy Spirit is and how he can work in our lives. So please bow with me in prayer. Lord, I ask that you would speak through me the message you have placed on my heart. Please open our ears to hear what you would have from your word for us to hear, how we can know you better, how we can know you more, how we can serve you with our lives, Lord. I ask that you would speak to each one here and point us to the Holy Spirit, Lord. Help us to see how much the Holy Spirit is important in our lives. Give us the eyes that we need to see from your word, what you want us to see. For it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So my message today, again, is, is, is called, um, excuse me, the Holy Spirit leads us to give thanks. My message is taken from uh, Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. So please turn in your Bibles with me to that passage. And as you do, I'm going to give you a little bit of history of Ephesus, which is where the Ephesians lived at, and a little bit of what was going on during that time. So Ephesus is in what was called Asia, Asia Minor which is basically where Turkey is right now. There were about, uh, some say about 350,000 people in this town, this city. This was a very big city. It was a hub of commerce. It was a hub of where people just met and, and, and happened to cross paths and all those things. There were people from all countries around the world at that time meeting in Ephesus. They were worshiping different gods. They were worshiping lots of different gods, as we know there. And it was very uh, prosperous, Kind of like today, nowadays, what we see in our world. We're, at least in the U.S., we're very prosperous. We have a lot. And a lot of people don't understand how much they need Jesus. That's what these Ephesians were dealing with too as well. Now, as most of you know, Paul wrote this epistle while he was in prison. While he was in prison in Rome. And he said, you guys need to really understand about what it is to be a believer how a believer should walk. And that's what Ephesians 5 is all about. And I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but Ephesians 5 is written to show us how we as believers should live our lives, how we should walk, how we should talk, how we should act, how we should act when nobody's around. Not just as believers, but true believers, true followers of Jesus. And if you'll listen to my message in a little bit, some of this is going to very much parallel what I talked about in Psalm 1 about how we should walk how we should live our lives. So if you guys would please uh, follow along as I read Ephesians 5, 15 through 21. So then be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. 
Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which there is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to our God and Father, and subject yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. So my summary for this little short passage is twofold, being wise and being filled with the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to talk about the first part about being wise, and I'm going to go over verse 15 again because it's important for me to not just read the whole thing at one time, but read each part and talk about each part so we can really understand what the writer was saying here. So Paul is saying, and you guys, if you have different versions of the scriptures, you might see this as walk circumspectly. Circumspectly means thinking about what you're doing, thinking about how you're living, thinking about how you're acting, thinking about how people see you as a believer and a true follower of Jesus. So we're to walk like that, not as unwise people, but it's very wise people. And Paul does this a lot in his writings in the epistles where he talks about this is what you shouldn't do, this is what you should do. So this is one of the things where he's talking about this, where he's talking about don't be unwise, be wise. Have wisdom, have wisdom that comes from God as a true follower of Jesus. And if you'll note, again, if you'll notice, Paul does that in different places and it'll be in different places in my message as well where he talks about that. So how can we be wise according to these scriptures? One way that I found is making the most of our time because the days are evil. Making the most of the time is also shown as redeeming the time, taking into account what you are doing, how you are living, how you are walking. Am I being uh, someone who shows people who Jesus is? Am I someone who actually lives like I believe, like Dennis said earlier? Am I someone who lives like that? Should I be going about, because we're getting the days are evil, more sharing the gospel with people? Absolutely, I should. Absolutely, we should do that more and more because we know that there's going to be a time when there's not going to be any, uh, any way for these people to hear the gospel. So we need to make sure we're doing that. We need to make sure that we're not just making the most of our time, but the Greek translation of that is saying, keep on making the most of your time. Not just a one-time thing. Keep on doing it daily. Keep on doing it regularly. Keep on doing this. And one of the reasons is, again, like I said, so people can know who Jesus is, so they can spend time with him in heaven. We want people to know who Jesus is. That's our mission, to live in love like Jesus and help others do the same. How do we do that? We have to be willing to go out and share the gospel and share the truth with others around us. Next point I've got is understanding what the will of the Lord is. How can one do that? How can you really do that? But I'm going to back up again. Don't be foolish, it says. But, and here's another one of Paul's where he says, instead of doing something that you're already doing or you might be doing, do this. Understand what the will of the Lord is. How can you do that? You can look in the scriptures, of course. You can pray about it. And I'll just give you a few scriptures that I found when I was digging through. Um, first, uh, 2 Peter 3.9 says, God's will is that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. We also see in Romans 8.29 that God's will is that followers of Jesus will be conformed to, his, to the image of his son. And we see in 1 Thessalonians 5.18 that we should give thanks in all things, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus. 
And as I go through my message, you're going to see more and more of this giving thanks, not just because it's Thanksgiving, but because we should be doing it daily, like the video showed, not taking anything for granted. So that was a great video to show for this because it fits so much into my message, as you'll see in a little bit. Let's see. Yes, I think we got it. Okay. The next part that I said was being filled with the Holy Spirit. Talks about do not get drunk with wine. Why do not, are we not to get drunk with wine? Because we will do things that we're not supposed to do. Wine is one of those things where you get, especially when you get drunk, and of course they didn't have the alcohol like we do, but when you get drunk, you are not in control of yourself. You are in control of or under the influence, as they say, of the alcohol. You're under the influence of, the, of different things. You're going to do things that you would never imagine doing when you're drunk. And it talks about debauchery here. Debauchery is all kinds of evil things. And this is in an NASB. Some versions say dissipation, which is wasting away of your body or wasting away of your talents. A lot of people who get drunk on a regular basis will spend all their money will give themselves over to things they should not give over to. But the scripture says, instead of doing that, be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit is a command. It's, it's a command for us to say that, that God is saying, you need to do this. It's not something that's going to happen naturally. You have to choose to do this. And again, the word in the Greek and the phrase in Greek means keep on being filled. Keep on being filled. Keep on being filled with the Spirit. And as well as um, displaying the fruits of the spirits in Galatians 5:22 and 23, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness and self-control, there are some other things in our scriptures that we're going to read about too as well that talk about some of the outcomes of being filled with the Spirit. One of those is speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. I've labeled that as speaking God's word to yourself and others. Because we need to hear God's word, not just share God's word with us. We need to hear it because I know in what the scripture says, faith comes by hearing the word. It doesn't just come by reading, it comes by hearing as well. And there's something really, for me at least, being an auditory learner, that hearing makes a big difference to me. I know some people it doesn't, but just hearing God's word, not even reading it, will make a big difference for me. Next up that we can do is make melody in our hearts to the Lord making melody, singing joyfully. You see little children, especially, will just go around singing because they're happy. That should be us each day, that we should be singing these songs as we sing today, but not just here at church, in our daily life. We should be singing songs and hymns and spiritual songs to God because of what he's done for us, because of how much he loves us, because of his sacrifice for us. Next, always giving thanks for all things. And this is going to be something I'll talk about in a little bit, but first I want to talk about a few things. Um, but giving thanks for all things. Some scripture reference, or versions say, in all things. How do we do that? Is that natural? To give thanks when you're going through the stuff? When the stuff's hitting the fan and you're like, oh my goodness, what's going on? It's not natural to want to give thanks for things that what we perceive as bad when God is working them out for our good and his glory anyways. So we should be thankful for those things. And how do we do that? Again, because we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And lastly, in this section, is submitting to one another out of reverence or fear for Christ. 
How do we do that? How do we subject ourselves to one another in the natural state, in the natural manly state where, we're, where we don't want to do what God wants us to do? It's not very easy at all. So that's another thing that we have to do with, with that is submitting ourselves to one another because the scriptures say we should. Lastly, now you may ask, well, you know, how do I be filled with this Holy Spirit? How do I do this? It's a command. It's something I need to know. It's something each one of us needs to know. How do we do that? And I've come up with some things looking through the scriptures. It took me a while to, to find some of these things because it's not explicitly written out. But one is walking in obedience to God and his word. That's one way to be filled with, with the Holy Spirit. In um, Galatians 5.16, it says we're instructed to walk in the spirit and we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. We're to walk in the Spirit. We're to walk daily doing this. Second is praying, asking God for the desire to be filled with His Spirit, asking God, and some other things too as well. Next, confessing our sins. 1 John 1, 9 talks about that. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and He'll forgive us our sins, and He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But we have to ask for that forgiveness. Now, a lot of people don't really understand what this word confess means, um, but the meaning in Greek is to agree with God what he says about our sin. When we confess uh, that we've committed a crime, we're agreeing with the police that, yes, we did this. It's the same type of thing. We just don't always use it that way. So understand that's what confession is, agreeing with God. We'll be cleansed so we can be right with him. Next, trusting God completely. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. We must trust God completely in order to be filled with his spirit. Next, spend lots of time in, in God's word. Lots of time. I don't mean just, you know, that few minutes that we try and sneak in each day or what have you when, when it fits into our schedule. I think we should spend lots of time because lots of reasons. Number one, uh, well, sorry, let me back up. By reading God's word, number one, it's going to show us who, uh, sorry, I don't know that I have these on my slides, so give me a second. Um, it's going to show us who he is. Why do we read the, the scriptures? To know who God is. To know how much he loves us. To know how much he, or how he wants us to conduct our lives. Also, I heard a long time ago, the Bible referred to as basic instructions before leaving earth. Now, that might be a simple, easy phrase, but it still has very much power with it. We should be reading God's Word so that we can know who He is. We should be studying God's Word as, as the next one up. Studying God's Word so we know how to rightly use His Word. The scripture says in 2 Timothy 2.15, study to present yourself approved to God that you can rightly divide the word of truth. So do that. Next up, and this is something I talked about in my Psalm 1 message several weeks ago, meditate on God's word. Hide God's word in your heart so that you won't desire to sin against him. This is a way you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Meditating means talking about it out loud, speaking God's word, thinking about God's word, thinking about how God's word applies in my life today and the lives of others around me. Next, don't grieve the Holy Spirit by sinning. 
Now, this is shown in Ephesians 4.30 where it talks about this. We grieve the Holy Spirit by sinning because he wants us to do what's right. He wants us to follow him. But when we don't, he gets grieved. Second, we can quench the Holy Spirit by his effectiveness by disobeying God too as well. So we don't want to do that. And now to get to the main point of my message, because the main point of my message is about giving thanks. How do we do this? Being that, today, that this month is Thanksgiving, as Dennis shared and as others shared, we should be thankful for not just the daily things that we have. We should be thankful for our salvation. We should be thankful for the Holy Spirit. We should be thankful for God. And I think back, way back to the, the, the pilgrims when they instituted the first Thanksgiving, they were thankful to God. I know that a lot of us have been taught that they were thankful to the Indians. No, 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 that's not what it was about. They were thankful to God because they had a place that they could come to where they could worship him freely and not face persecution. Think about us nowadays. We have that same thing going on right now where we can worship God freely, but do we really do that each day of our lives? Imagine, if you will, if you lived in China or one of those other countries in the world where Jesus' name is not proclaimed or where it's against the law to go out and tell people about Jesus, or it's against the law to meet in church even as, as, as believers. How can they be thankful when they're facing that persecution? Number one, because they understand how much God did for them. Number two, because they see how God provides for them each day. Some of these people will get a little page of Scripture, and that's the only Scripture they have but they're so thankful for that because it shows them who God is. It shows them how much he loves them. Now you might ask, how can we give thanks when, well, for lack of better words, what seems like God has given you something more than you can bear? How can you give thanks for that? when it seems that just your whole world is falling apart, when, it's, when you find out that maybe one of your loved ones in your family has cancer, maybe someone you know has passed away, how can you give thanks for that? We know it's not an easy thing to do. We know it's not something that comes naturally. But the scripture says we should do that during those times. Does that mean that I should say, God, thank you that my wife got cancer? No, it's not exactly what it's talking about. It's, God, thank you that you're here with us while we're going through this cancer. God, thank you that you're with us while we're going through these struggles. God, thank you that you're there and I can call out to you whenever I want to. When, where, where I can call out to you and say, God, help, because there's nothing I can do. Absolutely nothing I can do in those situations. When you are sitting there trying to figure out how you're going to make bills be paid this month or this week or this day. How can you be thankful for those times? Because you take your focus off your problems and you put your focus on God where it belongs. That's how we can give thanks in all things, during all things. We can't give thanks because of the situation always, but we can give thanks because of who God is. So, in order to do these things, we have to do, again, like I talked about several things, but more importantly, we have to be willing to submit our whole will to God. We have to say, God, 
just like Jesus did, not my will, but yours be done. That's the important part that we have to do. We have to say, God, I don't like this. God, I hate this, but I know you're in control, and I know that things are going to work out the way you want them to, but, 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 but it hurts, and it hurts bad. But we still have to look at God and say, God, how can I use this hurt in the lives of somebody else? Because I know that there are people here and people I know who have been hurt tremendously, but they are taking that hurt and they're sharing with others how God brought them through that hurt. It's amazing what can happen when you've been through something that somebody else is facing and you can say, God was faithful. He can be faithful for you too as well. Now, does that mean that their outcome will be the same? Absolutely not, necessarily. The person that, you may be, that they may be praying for will die. We don't know. But the important thing is to show them how God proved himself faithful as we went through the stuff, whatever the stuff is. Difficult times, jobs losses, losses of children, losses of parents, losses of amazingly, just things that, that, that people don't even like to talk about. Because of who God is, we can always call out to him. Now, the Holy Spirit is here, like I said, living in us. I don't understand that in believers and followers of Jesus. He is called to comfort her by Jesus. He's called to help her by Jesus. He will comfort us if we call out to him. He will, even as the scripture says, pray for us when we don't even know what we should be praying for. When we're so hurt that all we want to do is cry and we don't know what else to do, the Holy Spirit will intercede for us. The Holy Spirit will say to God, this person needs you. And God will give us at least, if nothing else, comfort. He, may, he will give us peace that passes all understanding, as we know, and as we've heard many, many, many times through the Scriptures. And even when we're facing a temptation, Scripture says God will provide a way out. If we will look for the way out if we will look to him and say, God, help me through this, because you're the only one that could help me through this. So again, back to Thanksgiving, back to being thankful and why we should do this, because we know that everything that happens in our lives is filtered through God. Everything that happens in our lives, he allows. But sometimes you ask, why does he allow things to happen? Why does he allow horrible things to happen around the world? Because he wants people to look to him, I believe. That's why he allows certain things to happen. And again, like I said earlier, God will use our hurts to be able to help others, to comfort others, to be able to come alongside others and say, this is how God got me through it. I can help you to get through it. Um, so I know that in each of our lives it's very easy to give thanks when it's all going good. Is that not true? Absolutely it's true. It's very easy to give thanks to God when all is going well. But how do we do that? Again, like I keep saying, when the stuff isn't going well for us. Again, it's about pointing to Jesus, pointing to God and saying, you're in control of all things and I know that. It's also easy to give thanks because we know that God is there. 
Jesus, when Lazarus died, I don't know if you guys know the story, Lazarus had died, Jesus had come several days later, his, Lazarus' brother, and, I mean, sorry, two sisters said, Lord, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. Both of the sisters said this, and Jesus said, basically, I'm here now to show you something that you've never seen before. And he did, so, he did something amazing. But right before he raised Lazarus from the dead, he gave thanks to God. He said, God, I thank you that you always hear me. I thank you that you're always there. I thank you that you are concerned for me and, and everything like that. And I don't need, and Jesus said, you know, I'm not doing it for me. I'm doing it for all these people around here that they're seeing that I'm even giving thanks to God because of who you are, because of who he is. So as you can see in your worship guides, if you guys have, have your worship guide, flip that to the back there because I've got some application questions for you guys. And I really want you to think about these questions this week especially. But think about these questions each day, application questions. Will I submit my will to the Holy Spirit's will? Will I do that? Will each one of you do that? That's a serious question you need to ask yourself because, well, because if you're not willing to submit to him with your whole heart and your whole life, you can't be fully filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit cannot fill you fully unless you do this. Will, you be, will I, and this is each one of us, be thankful for all things no matter what? No matter what happens, no matter what happens in our life, no matter where our life is going, will I be able to give thanks in all things? And I've got some more that I didn't write down, but I've been thinking about these and God keeps bringing these questions to me. Am I willing to take how God has been faithful to me to others and show them and get involved in people's lives so that I can help them go through whatever they're going through. We know that people's, people's struggles and people's lives can be very, um, I use this word lightly, but messy because we're sinners. We sin a lot. But am, am I willing to go out and invest myself in somebody else's life so that I can help point them to Jesus. Another question I might ask as an application question is, am I willing to do whatever it takes that God asks me to do for him and for his glory? That's a big application question that each of us need to answer because God will sometimes talk to us and say, hey, and I say this lightly, through the Holy Spirit, you'll get this prompting that says, I should go over and talk to that person about Jesus. Or maybe I'll get a Holy Spirit prompting that says, and I'm going to use my wife's example, and she may not like it, but that's okay. One more, we had a new members class a couple months ago, and came into her mind, we should get a vegetable tray. We've never done that before for, for membership class. And, 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 I'm not, and I'm not picking on my wife because I laughed at it too. And I was like, well, I don't understand why we would do that. Well, it come to find out, one of the couples that was there, they're vegetarians. That's all they would have eaten. We brought donuts and all this other garbage and they wouldn't have eaten that. God will prompt us at different times with different things. No, seriously, God will prompt us if we're listening, if we're willing to hear 
that still small voice that the Holy Spirit will prompt us with about, hey, have you ever been woken up in the middle of the night and you don't know why? Maybe it's because God wants you to pray for somebody. Have you ever had that prompting? And I know some of, some of you, uh, I know Wanda, I think, did that for me a couple weeks ago. She said, God told me to pray for you. Am I willing to listen to the Holy Spirit enough to hear those kinds of things when God says, do something for me, no matter how small it seems? It's a small thing to pray for somebody, but it's a huge thing because we're lifting them up before God. So, again, like I said, the Holy Spirit leads us to give thanks. Without him, we cannot do that, or we will not want to do that in normal life situations. So that, that's the conclusion of my message. So would you guys please bow with me in prayer as the prayer team comes forward? And if you guys have any needs, any, request, any questions about the scriptures or anything like that, please come forward. And these people will be willing to talk to you to show you from the scriptures how you can know that you'll spend eternity with God in heaven. So Lord, we thank you for this day. I thank you for Thanksgiving. I thank you for the opportunity we have each as individuals, to come to you, to come directly to you and ask for things, Lord. We are such needy people. We are such people that cannot do things on our own because we need you so much. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that you've given to each one of us. And through your Holy Spirit, we can be thankful for all things and in all things. Lord, help our unbelief when it comes to times where we struggle with that, where we don't want to take our eyes off our problems, but we want, to, we want to look at them and we want to focus on them instead of focusing on you. Give us opportunities to share what you've showed us through your testimony, through our lives to others around us so that they might know how you can comfort them. And Lord, I ask all these things in your son Jesus' name. Amen.